Hi, welcome to the Grief Awakening Podcast. My name is Elise Duzo, and I'm a grief coach and Reiki practitioner here in Nashville, Tennessee. I help guide others who are grieving to reignite their relationships with their loved ones on the other side, helping them ease the ache of grief. This is a podcast where we can have open conversations about grief and loss, mediumship, science, and I'll even tell you my story as a young widow. If you like this episode, don't forget to hit that follow button. And if you'd like to reach out to me, feel free to give me a follow on Instagram and intuitively underscore Elise. Enjoy the show. Hello, friends. Welcome back to Grief Awakening. How was your week? Here in the United States, we celebrated Independence Day, the 4th of July, which means everyone gets an extra day off of work, or maybe two if you're lucky. And we watch fireworks and spend time with family and friends, barbecuing, all the good things. So I hope you were able to spend some time outside, be in nature, um, see people you love. I certainly did. I also just spent some time resting, which was really needed. It was a full moon. And if you have listened to previous episodes, you know what that means. I started my cycle. So I kind of I kind of have a rough time when I'm on my cycle. And I know that's not normal, something I need to look into for sure. But it is what it is for now. And so I just kind of ride the waves and let my body rest if that's what it's telling me to do. And so I definitely took some time to do that, as well as just seeing um, good friends and hanging by a pool and having a good time. So <laughs> it was a good weekend for sure. And we're already at Friday this week, flew by, thankfully. And before we introduce today's guest, I just wanted to remind you all that if you listened to last week's episode, you might have heard me announce that I'm handing out three more spots for medium readings for donation. So if you're wanting one of those, all you have to do, this is especially for my podcast crew, all you have to do is leave a review if you've been loving the podcast, take a little screenshot of your review and send it to me through email or in an Instagram DM at intuitively underscore Elise on Instagram or intuitivelyelise at gmail.com. And I'm going to choose three of you to receive a medium reading. So if you haven't already, send that along. I'm hoping to choose three people um, within the next week and I'll be sending you an email with a link to book your session. And I'm very, very excited to be doing more of these. I'm not sure, as I said, when this will become a permanent offer or if it will, but you guys will be the first to know. Okay, so I'm very, very excited to introduce this week's guest. You may remember us talking to her um, business partner, Elle, in episode 24 of season one. We talked about havening. And today we're chatting with Ella. (laughs) Ella Worsley is a woman's coach and mentor She's a retreat facilitator in one half of the Enlightened Co. with her business partner, Elle. And Ella helps women facilitate change and transformation through multiple modalities such as hypnotherapy, timeline therapy, which I wanted to ask her all the questions about, Reiki, and also neurological linguistic programming. And in this conversation, we talk a bit about those modalities as well as a loss that was felt deeply by Ella and changed the lives of her and her entire family. So I'm sending a special thank you to Ella for sharing this story with us and helping us understand how these modalities can help be used for healing during our grief journey. I learned so much during this conversation, and I know that you will too. So without further ado, welcome Ella Worsley to the show.
Okay, Ella, it's so good to have you on the podcast. How are you? I'm really well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to have you on. So some of our listeners may remember have we had um, your partner L on the podcast Mm -hmm. several weeks back, and I absolutely love talking to her and learning about Havening. And I'm excited that you're now coming on as well. Um, So for those of our friends listening who don't really know you, will you kind of just give a brief overview of like who you are, how you grew up, Mm -hmm. and how you got into doing the work that you're doing now, hypnotherapy and other healing modalities? Yeah, beautiful. I got into the work that I'm doing now through my own journey, through my own grief, through sadness, all the pain, the trauma, all the beautiful things that I experienced early on in life. I truly feel like I was gifted all of those experiences. And that has really got me to where I am today because I went through my own healing journey. And through that and through the modalities that I now practice with, I I just remember waking up one day and being like, wow, I feel alive. I feel happy. I feel joy. I I feel so good. And I knew in that moment that I had to pay it forward, that it was my soul's purpose to do this work that I'm now doing as well, because I, I now know how good life gets to feel. And I've also been on the other side of the coin and experiencing how truly bad life can also feel. So that has led me into becoming a practitioner of growth and transformation. I'm a hypnotherapist. I'm a coach. I'm studying to be a counselor. I'm a retreat facilitator. I did podcasting myself. I trained in NLP, timeline therapy, and Reiki. So there's lots of different hats that I wear. And each day you kind of get a new kind of Instagram bio, so to speak. So Yeah. yeah, I do lots of different things. And my journey led me to do the things. Beautiful. Well, I know you had mentioned to me kind of that you went through this experience when you were young with your family, um, experiencing a great loss, especially for your mother and your grandmother. Do you want to talk a little bit about that, about what you're telling me about your uncle, his passing and like the profound experience it had on your family? Yeah, definitely. So uh, just a little trigger warning, but my, my uncle was brutally murdered when I was six. So it was so bad that my mom wasn't ever able to view his body. And so, you know, thinking about closure and when people pass, you know, it's nice to be able to go and visit them and see them if you choose to. So having that opportunity taken away from her and obviously the way in which he was taken, the judge that uh, obviously sent the man that did it to to jail so that he'd never experienced anything so brutal in his 12, 27 years of being a judge. So that was the, the, the height of what it was experienced. So my mum, I was six years old at the time. My mum obviously went into deep depression. She just fell into this darkness. And at six years of age, I I truly feel like I lost my mum for a really, really long time. She lost the ability to do the things that that brought her joy. You know, the functioning, day-to-day functioning just became really, really hard. I also lost my grandma as well. My grandma was never the same. And up until her death, she never truly recovered from that loss. She used to carry my uncle's, um, she used to carry like three suitcases around with all my uncle's belongings in there. She still to, to the day that she died, she didn't clean up his room. So he had his room fully set up, all of his belongings. She could never bring herself to actually pack away his room. He didn't even have a headstone until my grandma passed because she could never bring herself to actually get that done because that would have mean that it was it was final and it, it had actually happened. So mm. I guess you could say there was this level of like denial and you know this level of unwillingness to accept what had happened, which you know led her down 
deep dark holes of her own mental health journey my mum was down that, that that rabbit hole as well and so when I turned seven my beautiful brother was born and you know he was born into a very much grieving family and so you know at seven years of age I'm helping my baby brother get fed and taking care of my family and you know we were all just picking up the pieces but it, it truly was the the straw that broke the camel's back in so many ways because there's been there'd been so much that we'd experienced prior to that there's been so much that both of my parents had gone through so many traumatic things that they'd both already experienced so it really was something that just pushed our whole family into this darkness and it ended up breaking up my parents' marriage. Mm. It sent them both on their own individual journeys. It then sent me onto my own journey as well. And it's only really been up until the last couple of years that we've all kind of come out the other side of that. And we're, we're all in this beautiful space of healing and we've had this beautiful homecoming and there's been some miracles come through with that. But it took a long time to get there. You know, I'm 33. I've just turned 33. So, you know, the big chunk of my life was in that that deep darkness and just, yeah, going around with emotions. Yeah, I think what you're talking about before, the the kind of um, state of denial of like people not wanting to put belongings away or get that final resting place, order a headstone, all those little steps that are saying goodbye to our loved one. I know so many people that have gone through this and are even listening to this podcast that they're still in those stages of like, they're not quite ready to put those things away. And I think that's totally okay. But I do agree with you in that, like your grandmother living so many years, not addressing that, or maybe um, holding on so tightly to those, to those belongings to, to him. It's just her way of like moving through her grief and probably was a little bit unhealthy to an extent yeah. Um, yeah. and probably really hard for you to watch. Do you remember being a six-year-old little girl and like your mom, was she able to verbalize to you like how she was feeling or why she was acting a certain way? I just remember her being really sad. I yeah. just remember her being so sad and I remember her like lying in bed a lot, like lounge a lot. And I remember like things not really making sense and, you know, being really confused as to what was happening because, you know, my life up until that point had been quite fun and we'd played outside and we'd done all of these things. And then, you know, to see my mum in just such a, a bad space, like I, I I didn't really comprehend. And as a six-year-old, you know, you, you can't really understand what's going on. But I just know that it, it truly did change the trajectory of my life. And I just remember this feeling as a young kid of like wanting to help my parents and like wanting to make them happy and just like this desire that was kind of birthed within me that I just wanted to help, you know, I wanted to help Mm -hmm. them. I wanted everyone to be happy. And I truly believe that, you know, my purpose was kind of formed through all of that, that this, you know, this fire was lit within me and it took many, many years to come out the other side of that and to, to make sense of it all. But yeah, I just remember a lot of sadness. Yeah. Did you feel like at one point you had to like parent your parents a little bit, especially even being a child who has helped raising your newborn brother? That's a lot of responsibility for a little seven-year-old. Yeah, definitely. And I think, you know, we were all just clutching at straws for a lot of it as well. Like, because, you know, again, like I said, there was so much that had happened prior to that. And 
it was the catalyst for so many things just kind of coming to a head within both my mum and my dad's lives. But yeah, it was it was definitely tough. And I remember kind of later on in life feeling a lot of resentment towards those years, feeling a lot mm. of resentment towards my parents, feeling like this suppressed anger that I was holding on to for a long time as well. That, you know, why weren't things different? Like why did we have to go through this? And it took me a long time to come out the other end of that and to see all the different points of view to really have that love and your passion for my parents for what they went through to have that deeper level of understanding but through my teenage years it definitely birthed a lot of anger and a lot of like rebellious behavior because I wanted I was seeking that attention I was seeking that love I was seeking that things that I felt like I wasn't getting because Mm -hmm. mom and dad didn't always have the capacity for that Um, so it took me a while to really see all of the things yeah of course and you start to see those things as you get older like that comes with age, but also did, do you feel like that experience changed the way that you looked at grief as you were growing up? Like if a fr- close friend lost someone, or maybe you even lost even when your grandmother passed, did it change the way that you thought, oh, this is how we're supposed to grieve? Yeah, definitely. I think I, I, I took on board that grief was like a really sad thing. And I know it can be extremely sad thing. I know there's so many parts to grief there's so many stages we all experience it so differently and there's no one size fits all as to this is how you should go through it but I I have had to really build a different relationship with grief to know that there can be happiness in that there can be love there can be remembrance you know there can be beautiful parts to it as well because my experience of it early on was that it was really hard and it was dark and it was just this pit that we fell into yeah absolutely so when did the flip the switch start to flip around like when did your family start to move towards healing and kind of see that light at the end of this yeah beautiful so my early 20s I started really like diving into a lot of healing myself started um, working with different practitioners started studying and learning different things and started my businesses and through that I went through a big healing journey and went through all the stages of awakening and confusion and anger it's like bringing all of the things up And I guess through that, you know, I I feel like I have given permission to a lot of my family to go through that as well. And, you know, through um, that, my mum's been doing a lot of healing. She's been doing a lot of healing a lot of her life, but I feel like she finally got to a stage where she was ready to release it. She was ready to find acceptance. She was ready to truly move through that grief because I feel like for a long time before that, she just wasn't really ready to open up that door as much as I think she thought she was. So July last year, my mum actually came and attended our retreat. And as a practitioner, that was a big step for me. I, I She kind of insinuated that she wanted to come a couple of times, but I, I knew that I wasn't ready. And July last year, I was like, yep, I'm ready. I feel like I can hold you as your daughter and love you and, and give you the same experience that I'd give anybody else. Mm. So she came and we had a beautiful experience there were things that obviously my business partner l held her through as well and you know the things that i recommended that she go with l for and stuff and you know i witnessed her in a lot of grief i witnessed her in a lot of sadness i she's gone she'd gone through a lot of forgiveness with the man that took michael's life but there was stuff her body was still holding on to so it was really beautiful to witness her body releasing because her mind had forgiven her mind had found acceptance but there was still the stuff that was stuck in the body. So seeing her clear all of that 
we have reached a new relation, a new space within our relationship. There's so much love within our family. Um, I've, I've been able to talk openly about my uncle for the first time as well, because for such a long time, it was just something that we hid behind a closed door because, you know, I didn't want to bring it up too much because I felt like it was painful for my mom. And so, mm-hmm. you know, for such a long time, we didn't, it was just like a bit of a, a taboo subject. And we, I didn't openly talk a lot about my story and what I'd gone through because I didn't want to, you know, my mom or anybody else to experience that pain. So my mom comes and comes to the retreat in July. In September, I wake up one morning and I have an Instagram message from a random stranger. And it turns out that my uncle actually fathered a child and she's now come into our life. And she found the gravestone that my mum had put up when my grandma passed last year. And so Mm. she goes to the grave site finds our names for the first times ever, starts Googling, Instagramming. And so we've actually welcomed my beautiful cousin into the family. And Michael now lives on through this beautiful daughter who's just turned 30 and who looks just like him. Oh my gosh, um, so that's yeah. been extremely healing for our family. And now my dad and my mum are now living out, coexisting on a property. My mum brought a, a property end of last year and my dad is now living there with her. They're not together romantically and it's really wigs me out sometimes, but <laughs> they're living there, like both building their own spaces, building vegetable gardens and just like coexisting on, on land together, which I never thought in my wildest dreams would be possible. So, yeah, to say that we've had a homecoming and we've all landed in a beautiful space would, would be an understatement. Wow. What a journey that has been for your family. That's incredible. Also, like how was that for your mom to to meet your cousin for the first time, her niece. And it's almost like getting a little piece of him back is what it would feel like for me, I think. Yeah, definitely. She loves soccer. Um, She loves like Manchester United and the same kind of soccer clubs that he loves. She loves cars. Like I don't know many girls that love cars and soccer, (laughs) right? But they were his two things. And so, you know, my mom's held on to a lot of boxes and a lot of things of Michael's for such a long time. So to be able to then just give them to her and say, hey, this is your dad's stuff has been really healing for her. It's almost been like this release Mm. of of stuff. getting to know her and to know that, you know, a piece of Michael actually does live on has been, it's been really healing for all of us. That's so beautiful. Um, You mentioned while you were speaking about how when, as you're growing up, you weren't sure when to talk about grief with your parents Mm -hmm. and that it felt like a subject that you kind of dance around or don't really talk about. And I think this is so common for people who are supporting people who are grieving. I mean, I'm obviously Mm -hmm as his niece, you were probably grieving as well and grieving your childhood. But how do you feel like for people who are going through this now, maybe someone who's listening, who's actually is supporting someone right now in real time, who's grieving, like what advice would you give to them now looking back on it to help them make the other person feel like it's okay to talk about? Yeah, I think um, what I've learned about supporting people is is it's an art. And we're not taught how to support people through tough stuff. And it can be really tricky to navigate through because, you know, that person is needing something. And in that moment, we don't always know what that is. So I I, now looking back, I wish I had have had the the awareness just to say, what what are you needing? Like, it's such a simple statement, but, you know, are you needing 
um, support in terms emotionally? Are you needing to go for a walk and distract yourself? Are you needing just to vent and to be witnessed in what you're experiencing right now? Are you needing some resolution and to help me for me to help you problem solve? But I think just being able to ask people like what they need and to give that to them because I think we can so often want to come in and fix things and you know con con um, con give them like the advice or hey it's all going to be okay or is it they're in a better place and you know to say all these things that aren't always helpful and sometimes these statements can you know trigger more emotion within the person and can be a little bit detrimental even though we we're mm -hmm. thinking we're helping it's not always what the person wants to hear so I think when we can actually just like peel it back and say what are you needing and give that person permission to sit and think, well, what kind of support am I seeking in this moment? Um, yeah, again, I wish I had have been able to kind of go to my parents and say, what are you needing instead of picking the flowers and doing this and, you know, thinking that I was, and I, I was helping, but again, it, we're not taught how to really support people in that deeper capacity. And it's, it's a complex situation. It really is. Yeah. And that's also a lot for you as their child to have that response or feel like you have that responsibility of supporting them. As you said, um, where along in this journey did you meet Elle? I don't think Elle and I got to talk about this, so like how the Enlightened yeah. Co started. Where in that process did you meet her and you guys connected? Okay, friends, if you're like me and upon your loved one's passing, received a portion of your loved one's remains for keeping and then didn't know what to do with it and immediately put it in your sock drawer, then listen up. Yep, that's right. We're talking about cremation ashes because we talk about the real stuff on this podcast. To be honest, for the last three years, I've had no idea what to do with my loved one's remains because most options on the market are outdated and let's be honest, not cute. That's until I stumbled across Welkin Memorials on Instagram. Welkin Memorials founder Kate Anderson lost her own father unexpectedly at a young age and was forced to choose those outdated memorial options the industry usually provides. So she used her experience in product development to design a product that is both beautiful and functional. Guys, these urns are the most beautiful handmade in the U.S. ceramic pieces that double as a vase. They are sleek, super modern, and perfectly fit my boho home aesthetic. I ordered the small size in matte peach because I love a girly pop of color, but they also come in black, white, and glossy finishes. Grief Awakening podcast listeners get 10% off your order by using Grief Awakening Pod 10 at checkout. So go to welcomememorials.com and enter code GRIEFAWAKENINGPOD10 at checkout and get yourself a beautiful resting place for your loved one you actually want to display in your home. We met through mutual friends. Um, the woman that I went and did like all of my NLP training with was, I think she went on a retreat that Elle was supporting at. So we kind of met and I remember Elle coming in and like doing a havening demo for us and just like seeing her so lit up by this modality that she was working with. And so we both just started like co-working together. We were going for walks around the beach and supporting each other in what we were both doing. And I was running a retreat myself with another woman um, who just happened to pull out about a month out from the retreat. Mm. And I was like, if you need, if you need some help, I'll, I'll be there. Um, so I just said, look, what feels in alignment for me is for you to step in and for you we're to go, we're going to go 50-50 on this. So she stepped in, we jumped in the car for 16 hours, we drove down south to a place called Berry. we ran the most transformational retreat and by the time we'd driven home for another 16 hours, the Enlightened Co had birthed, we had all these events, different levels of retreats, like it just, it was like lightning in a bottle, that's how I would kind of describe it, it all just happened really quickly, we're now four years into partnership we're about to run our 19th retreat we've run so many different things and supported thousands of people and it's just 
it's been so much ease and I think it's it's you know both come through our own healing journeys and getting to wanting to be of service to the world and that beautiful space you land that when you are in alignment yeah wow that's amazing and that you two cross paths and found each other is clearly this was like a divine thing um I want to talk about the retreats a little bit too and you said that your mom went do you feel like this is something that would be good for people who are like actively grieving to go to for healing yeah absolutely we had a woman um come last year who had been on a grief journey with her mom and she lost her mom you know years before and she hadn't had the space to feel you know, she was a she was a busy mom of three kids, and she hadn't actually. And it, it was a real it was a really beautiful eye opening moment for myself as well to to witness this mother who had all of these children who hadn't had the space and the time to grieve, and for me to actually you know realize that although my mom had taken space and time where she had, she also hadn't as well, because you know everyday life isn't necessarily set up for grieving, and so that time where we we're not cooking cleaning. We're not worrying about getting the kids in the bath or the work emails. Like there's nothing required of you except your healing, except sitting in the emotion, except being supported. And so carving out that intentional time can really just allow what needs to come up to come up and the things that we don't always allow ourselves to feel in everyday life. You know, even going and seeing a therapist is amazing but you know sometimes you're getting back in the car after an hour and you're getting your traffic and you know there's not always space to really go into the depths of what we're really feeling because we know we've got to get dinner at 6 p.m and there's this and that and like there's so many life things that are asked of us that we can't fully just crumble and and surrender and just fall into that space within ourselves so that's really what the retreat is it's just that intentional time carved out for whatever it is that we're needing and the retreat really gives people whatever they need but we we definitely see a lot of grief come up a lot of grieving past self a lot of grieving past experiences you know whether it's childhood that they weren't able to experience whether it's loved ones whether it's grieving you know not being able to have children whatever it is we see a lot of people navigating through just feeling that that's yeah I could see that with the way you're talking about it I never even thought of it that way as a a time period for you to go and actually feel all the things that you need to feel and work through them because you're so right we're all wrapped up in our lives and we have responsibilities and jobs and children and families that we have to keep up with um and there is no there's no right time or space to like work through the things and i think that's a beautiful space that you're holding for people do you guys do like um healing modalities on the retreat such as hypnotherapy yeah yeah so there's this hypnotherapy havening yoga meditation somatic release work as well so just feeling whether it's rage anger sadness um art therapy something we do sometimes we do breath work there's kind of like nlp parts in different areas there's energy work that we do as well so there's lots of different things that people can experience because we're not here to tell people how to heal you know mm-hmm. we're not here to tell people hey this is going to be the thing that's going to work for you we just to provide a service of here's this array of different healing modalities and just see what feels good for you see what aligns for you see what resonates with you and just yeah they get to kind of experience it all and take what they need to put in their toolbox yeah absolutely i don't feel like there's any one size fits all perfect modality for that's going to fit every single person when i was going through beginning stages of my grief journey i had insomnia for about six months mm-hmm. and it was horrible, not able to fall asleep. And um, 
I had found a sleep hypnosis meditation that I started doing. And I believe after just five nights, I finally just fell asleep on my own. And it felt so good to get restful nights sleep. And I was, then I was just telling everyone about it. I was like, you have to try this hypnotherapy. (laughs) Um, is there okay. <laughs> is there any other parts of like hypnotherapy that you would recommend for different things in grief that are people people are going through? Like what what is it best used for? Do you feel like everything? Mm-hmm. It's such a beautiful tool, but I, I really feel like it's just such a gentle modality that mm-hmm. it's, it's non invasive. It can you know we don't have to be actively sitting and listening to everything that's being said. We can kind of drift off and float off here. We can fall asleep as well. So. It can be done in so many different ways. But one of my favorite recordings that I give to clients, it's it's called the letting go. And it's just this like subconscious safe to let go. It's safe to let go. It's safe to let go. It's safe to let go. And it's it's um the session that I normally do on day one of the retreat as well, just like giving that subconscious mind, the body permission to let go. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like sometimes we don't feel safe to. You know, and, and that's why I retreat or, you know, working with people, it's it's so powerful with grief as well because, you know, sometimes I feel like there can be that piece of like if I really let myself unravel, if I really let myself feel this, like what's going to come up? Like am I going to be safe? Like am I going to blurt out this stuff all over these people? Like there can be this like I don't really want to let myself go because I don't know what's going to come up when I do. Mm-hmm. So just that piece around it's safe to let go. It's safe to feel. It's safe to experience what you're experiencing. Um, they're my kind of favorite pieces that I love to put into sessions with people. Yeah, I could really feel that when you're saying that. Is it, I feel like in grief, sometimes there's like a place that you know you need to get to or to go to to really feel your feelings and move through an emotion. But it almost feels like I don't want to go there because I know it's going to hurt so, too much. Yeah. And I feel like hypnotherapy could be a really great modality to help people do that in a more like gentle way. Yeah. Yeah. And it can be used to just re- you know, hit, hit and reset on the nervous system. You can use it in the afternoon if you want to have a little nap and just pop on the recording and just receive all of that magic. So it's just, yeah, it's a beautiful way of just receiving all the beautiful, obviously subliminal messaging in just a really gentle way. Yeah. Beautiful. So as you probably know on this podcast, and I think we maybe talked about this before, but we talk a lot of it about spirituality and connecting with mm-hmm. our loved ones in spirit. Do you feel like you have any type of spiritual connection with your uncle or any other loved ones who have passed? Yeah, definitely. I um, There was a time when I was little and mom and I were driving in a car and I was in the front seat. It was, I think it was like a year or two after Michael had passed and Mum always tells me this story. She's like, you looked over at me and you like were so serious. And I was like, what's that serious look for? And you said to me, and she's like, and I just felt like this overwhelming feeling when you said it, but you you said, if Michael were here, what do you think he'd say to you right now? And she's like, that's a really odd thing for you to say. (laughs) Um, And she's like, and I thought about it and I said, I thought, well, if, if he was here, he'd probably say, slow down, sis. You don't know what's around the next corner. And so with that, my mum slowed down the car and around the next corner, there was a tree across the road and, you know, there was a huge drop off like with a cliff. So who would have known if we hadn't have slowed down what could have happened? But I, I know from that story and just, you know, I feel him around. I feel his presence. Um, wow. 
mums often said, you know, I felt like Michael hasn't truly passed over because there's been mm. unfinished business for him and I really feel him around right now. I really feel like he's just dancing and celebrating and feeling resolution for all of us. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I've always felt him. I've always felt him in sessions that I do. I've felt him in the work that I do with other people. I just I definitely feel him around. That's beautiful. It's kind of like they become um, our guides after they pass away yeah. and they stay or they stick around to support us They're They are cross crossed over, I believe, but they, I feel like they are able to tune in to our energies and help us and put people and experiences and mm. the right things in your path so that your life will work out in the best way possible. And, um, it's just really, really beautiful when you can find it. And especially children are very, very connected. So I'm not surprised at all that he was able to kind of like, drop you that thought in that moment yeah with your mom yeah 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 he's so beautiful and there's been so many times in my life where I'm like wow I'm so supportive in this moment there's been so many close calls so many yeah even though through the pandemic Ellen and I just had so many really interesting things happen we're like wow we were so supported here or we're so supported here and a border would open up here so we could travel and just like things just falling into place at the exact right time and yeah. yeah, I know that Michael and obviously God's source universe, I am so supported. And I think it's a really beautiful thought to have that we are so supported by that unseen. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Um, so I would love to actually hear a little bit more about timeline therapy. I saw that mm-hmm. you you do coaching for that. I've actually never heard this phrase before, and I would love to know more about it. Is it looking at things in your past? This is just me like going off of intuition yeah, on what yeah, yeah. yeah okay yeah yeah yeah. so we all have a timeline w- within our subconscious mind so we all have obviously um things that have happened to us whether it's emotion that we've stored or limiting beliefs that we've created along the way so I ask people was this created before during or after your birth so sometimes we're tapping into things that happened before their birth. Sometimes it's genealogically that's been passed down through. Sometimes it's a past life that we can experience as well. I've seen people go back into multiple lifetimes and come back into this lifetime and we're like, wow, I, I understand where this has come from and this has come from. So the stuff that I've seen happen is, is truly amazing. Sometimes it's things that we ha- that happen in, in the womb as well. Um, and then obviously it's, it's usually between the age of zero to seven with, that, that happened in the, this lifetime that we want to clear. So it's really a way of beautiful, like releasing the suppressed emotion that we have had or the belief systems, you know, the, the belief that was created at four years of old that I'm not enough. And we go back into that event. We look above the event. We look before the event. We look after the event we go into the event and we find the lessons and learnings we need to release that on this on a conscious level and just kind of create a new belief system from there moving forward so my first experience of time of therapy in my training um I when I was clearing fear I went back into my mom's womb and I had this really surreal experience where I just felt like I was in my mom's womb and I could feel all of her fear and I could just experience it And I called her afterwards and I said, hey, like, I'd love to know, yeah, you know, when you were pregnant with me, what were you, what what were you feeling a lot of? And she's like, you know, if I'm really honest, I was feeling a lot of fear. And so, you know, I've seen, yeah, I've seen unreal things happen that like, you know, you can't even put into words and things that people have experienced and the lessons and learnings that come through that, you know, don't always make sense to the conscious mind, but that's not what we're really working with. We're working with the subconscious mind. So yeah, it's a wonderful tool and it's really powerful to see what can come through from it. 
That's so interesting. So do you use meditation, hypnotherapy? Is it more like a past life regression? How do you tune into that? Yeah, so they are—it's—they are going into a state of hypnosis. Okay. Um, I'm not like fully putting them under, but they are in a state of hypnosis, a state of meditation, whatever we want to call it. But they are in a bit of a meditative state where you know, we're tapping into the subconscious mind and we're working with that part of the mind. So, yeah, people are very relaxed. They usually come out the other side and they're almost ready to go to sleep. Um, so, yeah, it's—it's it's tapping into that, and we can obviously do past life regression with that as well. So we can tap into past lives, whether it's just through timeline therapy, and that's where we're it wants to go or we actually actively go there wow okay i'm feeling really pulled to try that so i might have to hook hook up with you at some point and if we can do that virtually if you offer that but um yeah i would would love to just give you an opportunity to talk about how people can work with you more about any retreats that you guys have going on um how can people get in touch with you yeah, beautiful. I obviously am co-founder of the Enlighten Co. So through that, we run two different retreats, Reconnect and Emerge. So they're over in Australia. If you're listening to this and you're in Australia or if you want to come to a trip to Australia, um, they're transformational and so much more than just a retreat. We also run a program called The Worthy Woman, which is a deep healing embodiment coming back to remembering your worthiness it's it's truly a transformational program and it's so much more than just an online program as well there's a lot of healing sessions that we do through that um so that our retreats the worthy woman and then our podcast which is wildly worthy are the key three things that we do within the enlightened co and then within my business i am in the process of creating a lot of hypnotherapy uh, programs that i'm going to make accessible to the public so stay tuned for that but I usually work with a select amount of people from six weeks to six months. And that looks like custom-made packages based on what the individual's needing. So I do do some one-off sessions every now and then as well. But I love to just create sessions and packages based on what the individual is needing. And that looks like talk therapy. It also looks like a lot of healing as well. And just pulling apart, putting back together and just helping women to reawaken, to love themselves deeply and just to heal the things and to find that peace with their past. That's beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing all of that. Everything will be linked in the show notes for people to get in touch with you. Um, and you are at Ella Worsley on Instagram, just all one word. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today, Ella. It was so good to chat with you finally. Um, I had such a good conversation with Elle and I knew that you and I would have this such a great time as well. Um, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for having me. Okay, friends, thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Grief Awakening Podcast. If you liked this episode, be sure to leave it a rating and a review, and don't forget to hit that plus sign button or the follow button so you don't miss another episode. As always, any resources mentioned during this episode will be listed in the show notes below. And if you'd like to reach out to me, feel free to do so via email or on Instagram at intuitively underscore Elise. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you next week. Bye.